0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So, who goes first? Who goes first? first?
1: The youngest player? Okay, Um, you should roll the dice. Yep. How many do you have? Four. This is a thing my family can almost never get it together to do.
0: You got one, two, three.
1: But a few weeks ago, my son Leo hauled out a board game and demanded to play.
0: I think it's white with... A candlestick?
1: You've probably guessed, the game was Clue. Leo insisted that I be Miss Scarlet. We cleared the dishes from the dining room table so we could just huddle around the board. And it was nice to have time where we weren't supposed to be somewhere else doing something else. But getting here, to this normal little moment, it wasn't easy. Not so long ago, we'd all gotten together around the same dining table— for a really different reason. I'm Mary Harris, and this is Only Human. It's a show about our best and worst moments, about the amazing ways our bodies work, but also about the times they totally fail us. I'm sure you have a story like this. And today, I'm going to tell you mine. But just a warning, when you deal with life and death, sometimes you swear— So, you've been warned. Okay, back to my dining room. Leo? This was a year and a half ago. Leo was five. So what are we about to do?
0: Shave her head. (laughs) Whose head. Mommy's head!
1: We were shaving my head because chemotherapy was making my hair fall out. A few months before, I'd been diagnosed with breast cancer. What do you think it's going to look like after?
0: I don't know.
1: How do you feel about it?
0: kind of scared, but it just has to happen.
1: I'd worn my hair long for 20 years. And I'll admit, I was pretty vain about it. But I'd stopped washing it. I hated the feeling of it coming out in the shower. So I knew it was time to do something. All right. Okay, so are we cutting my ponytail off first? My husband, Mark, set up a stool in our downstairs bathroom. We were trying to keep things light. So we let Leo hold the clippers for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Whoa! Did you have a license to drive that thing, kid? Then Mark took over. Why is this so much more emotional than anything else? Um, because
0: when you walk down the street, you're gonna look like a cancer patient. now.
1: Mark's kind of hard to hear right there, but he said, "When you walk down the street now, you're gonna look like a cancer patient," and he was right. I did. I felt really vulnerable. Up until that point, the only people who knew I was sick were the people I told. But shaving my head outed me, to my neighbors, to other parents at Leo's school. I couldn't power through and pretend everything was fine. And there was something else I was dealing with, on top of the cancer. Right after I was diagnosed, the day before I was supposed to have surgery to get rid of the lump, we got a call from the cancer center. It was my surgeon's nurse and she said, is there any chance that you're pregnant? I froze because right before I found out about the cancer, Mark and I had decided to try for a second kid. So when I heard her question, I thought, shit, I am pregnant. We spent the rest of the day in last minute doctor's appointments I got an ultrasound, even though I was only five or six weeks along. The OB took us back to her office and asked really gently if we'd consider an abortion. And I looked at Mark, and Mark looked at me, and we both said no. I decided to go ahead with surgery to remove the lump. Can you just talk a little bit, like tell me what you had for breakfast so I can, I can get a good level on you? I can't. After die. surgery, my doctors were recommending chemotherapy. They said I could do it safely once I was a few months along. But it didn't feel safe. So I called a lot of experts. I can give
0: with. you personally medical advice.
1: Sure. I can give you some, Including this some one, sort of Jennifer Litton.
0: Yeah, she studies
1: women who have chemo um, while they're pregnant. Yeah. And there was basically just was one question I needed her to answer. And the kids? I mean, there's, there's no difference in terms of... So, um... uh, The kids of our patients are doing quite well. There's three birth defects. She told me that overall, the babies do okay. She'd tracked more than 80 cases, and only three had been born with birth defects. No one seems to know why these drugs, which are targeting cells that divide rapidly, don't have a terrible effect on a fetus. But Dr. Litton was pretty confident.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of my patients say their babies are... They're smartest
1: babies. I'm laughing as if it's making me feel better to have this conversation. But I remember thinking how absurd this line was, that the babies who went through chemo were somehow smarter. Okay. Thanks so much, Dr. Lynn. No problem. Bye-bye. Take care. A few weeks later, Mark and I sat down to talk about what we were going through. It didn't matter how reassuring the doctors were. The closer we got to chemo, the more nervous we were. I just feel so guilty because I feel like I got myself into this pickle and I kind of dragged another person with me.
0: Which I don't understand. I don't I mean, like, get it at all, No, because you're like, so you managed to get yourself. You're like, I see the pregnancy window closing and I'm sliding. I'm like Indiana Jones. I'm underneath that like closing door. I don't care if there's giant boulders coming after me. I'm slipping through. I'm going to take this metaphor as far as I can. <laughs>
1: This is so Mark. He knows that making me laugh is the best way to comfort me. I was doing my best to fight off a lot of fear. And there's no reason to think that, like, she'll have a long-term negative outcome. There's no reason to think that. But, yeah, I I wonder when I'm going to stop questioning how smart or healthy – She is because I think I would tell her when she's old enough, like, you need to look into your reproductive health really early because I don't know how many, like, eggs I zapped away.
0: Yeah, but I think you need to be careful about that. I think if we – If we worry too much, we create this worried little kid. Right.
1: Who's hindered in that way. So we have to treat the kid as normally as possible while being incredibly concerned about – the science experiment of her fetus hood. (laughs) The room where I got chemo was set apart from the rest of the cancer center. It's a place you only go if you're really sick. I looked around at the patients being rolled in on stretchers, the ones who seemed totally worn down, and all I could think was, is that going to be me? I stuck out my arm and tried to focus on Netflix instead. And I waited for the baby to kick.
0: When I'm going to be 100, how old is she going to be? Like
1: 95 or 94. Back at home, Leo was far more interested in his baby sister than my cancer. Well... What do you think is going to change?
0: i like, oh my goodness, I feel like... I'm gonna have to change her diapers and blah blah blah, and you know what? I'm gonna say, like, "Mommy, please do this for me." I'm, I'm little. She's little, and then, and then you're gonna be like,
1: "You are a big boy." Do you actually believe I'm pregnant? Do you actually believe you're gonna have a baby
0: sister? I kind of believe you. I believe you a little. I kind of do not.
1: Have you noticed that I'm any different after all the treatment, Leo? I act different, or? Leo paused for a long time here. He just didn't want to talk about it.
0: I always love you, but... I'm doing a comic book right
1: now. (laughs) Okay, let me sing you the goodnight song, okay? I'll turn the light on the hall so you can read in bed, okay? All right. Please lie down so I can tuck you in. Good night so long. Farewell, my friend. Good night so long. Farewell. We'll see you soon again my friends so good night so long farewell so how about a hug for your mom or dad they're the ones who take care of you this is only human we'll be back in a minute Only Human is a place where we'll have honest conversations, and not just about me. Every episode, we'll talk about how health shapes all of us our relationships, our decisions, and we want to hear from you. Have you ever lied to your doctor? Maybe you gamble a bit with your health, or you have a deep, dark worry about your body. This week, we're collecting your confessions. We went out and asked a few people for theirs. This is Ellen.
0: My health confession is probably brushing my teeth for excessive amounts of time.
1: So what does she mean by excessive? Like I can be walking around my apartment, watching TV, checking my mail, all while brushing my teeth. And this can go on for about two hours maybe if I'm alone at home in the morning. They don't have to be heavy. Maybe you're 35 and you still use gummy vitamins. I still do that. Tell us. Tweet us your confessions with the hashtag OnlyHuman or leave us a message at 803-820-WNYC. Hey, it's Mary Harris again, and I've been telling you about what happened a couple years ago when I found out that I had breast cancer, and then I found out I was pregnant. I did all the things you're supposed to do when you're pregnant. I took folic acid and I avoided alcohol. And then I had chemo. Let's pick it up there. So it's May, and I've gone through, like, all of my chemo, which is weird. After three months of treatment, my ultrasound still looked good. It seemed like I should be celebrating. But I was eight months pregnant and totally bald. We just feel like, okay, okay, like, we've taken the first step, and now... I just have to give birth to a child and raise it and get radiation and take tamoxifen and, like, go back to work. (laughs) It feels like it's the first step of many, basically. And all my doctors are already calling me to say, like, I want to see you a month after the birth. I want to see you six weeks after the birth. So I feel like I'm still on a little bit of a treadmill. It doesn't feel like it's – it doesn't feel like anything's over. A few weeks after I recorded this, I was on my way to the hospital.
0: So... I'm in the car, and my mom says her water broke, so I'm going to have a sleepover, so I'm going to be kind of scared for my mom. I'm going to be kind of scared for my mom.
1: After just four hours of labor, she was born. A beautiful girl with a squished-up face and a head full of black hair. More hair than me, actually. We named her Stella. But we worried. Why couldn't she breastfeed? Were her birthmarks just luck of the draw, or did they have something to do with the chemo? Now Stella's 16 months old. That's her and Leo playing in the bath. At her last checkup, the pediatrician said she seemed perfect. Mark and I are still figuring out what happened. We don't like to talk too seriously about the cancer. We caught it early, and the treatment worked. If I had to guess, I'd say we both feel a little superstitious. Like, if we say the word cancer out loud, we might summon it back. I convinced Mark to talk about it one more time. It was late. The kids were in bed. Mark poured us each a whiskey. Were you ever scared? Now that it's over, you can tell me.
0: (laughs) I don't think I was ever scared that... Anything horrible was going to happen to you last year. I was certainly scared about the pregnancy, that the pregnancy might not work out, because that would have been devastating. I think there were moments when I would sort of let myself fall down the rabbit hole of like, I don't think anything horrible is going to happen this year, but the odds of something horrible happening like five or 10 years from now just went way up. I suppose that that is still a concern.
1: It's so funny you say that because I feel like if it came back, I'd be scared.
0: Yeah, no, totally. If it comes back, then fuck it. Like, then that's terrifying. But it hasn't come back yet. <laughs> we can race, though. We can see whether, like, my prostate cancer arrives before your breast cancer comes back. That could be the. <laughs> Hopefully we still have a good couple of decades before either of those things happen. I no,
1: mean, seriously though, what do you think like the odds are that it'll come back? Just for me this time.
0: Like lifetime odds or yeah. like I don't know. My hope is that like none of this stuff happens again until like we're both so old that just like things are falling apart and the specific ways in which they fall apart is less relevant. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm scared just because I feel like if it comes back, then I have to get a mastectomy. I have to go, like, full bore. I have to go full boob. What?
0: You're going to want to cut that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> People ask me all the time, am I cancer-free? And the truth is, who knows? Because I'll never really be free of cancer, even if every cancer cell has been obliterated. Every day, I look at Stella and I wonder if she's okay. Every day, I take the pills my oncologist prescribes and hope they'll keep the cancer from coming back. I feel like I should have changed more. Like, I feel like I should be exercising more.
0: That's probably true. (laughs) What? We should both be exercising much more.
1: America, this is my husband. This is what I put up with every day of my
0: life. (laughs) You know what? America doesn't have a microphone in its face at like 1045 at night on a Sunday when America is trying to get some rest.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening to our very first episode of Only Human. If you like what you heard, share it on Facebook or tweet it out. You'll find us on Facebook and Twitter, too. We're at OnlyHuman. And while you're there, don't forget to share your health confession with the hashtag OnlyHuman. OnlyHuman is a production of WNYC Studios. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Messick, with production help from Amanda Aranchik and Paige Cowett. Our team includes Elaine Chen, Fred Mogul, and Catherine Tam. Our technical director is Michael Raphael. Our executive producer is Lital Malad. Special thanks this week to Jad Abramrod, Emily Botine, Paul Schneider, Joseph Frankel, Emrys Eller, Wynne Periasami, Lena Walker, and Sam Retzer. Also thanks to Jen Shu and Amy Pearl. Jim Schachter is the patron saint of this podcast and WNYC's entire news division.
0: Support for WNYC's health coverage and Only Human is provided by the Charina Endowment Fund, the Hearst Foundations, Jane and Gerald Catcher, the Iris and Junming Lee Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the Simons Foundation, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, and the Winston Foundation.
1: Next week on Only Human? So, when did you know or when did your family or friends know? That this wasn't just you. This was something bigger. Well, my apartment burned down. What it's like when the medication that's keeping you sane is also making you sick. I'm Mary Harris. Talk to you soon.